Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to review a 1954 musical, White Christmas. This film was directed by Michael Curtis and stars Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen, and features the songs of Irving Berlin. The film grossed $30 million on a budget of $2 million and was the highest grossing movie of 1954. It was also the first film created using VistaVision, a higher resolution motion picture film format that the world had never seen before. And some would consider this movie a classic for those reasons. But today, we will determine whether it is a classic from the right perspective. We'll do a recap, we'll discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But let's start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright, I'm the oldest. I'm Janaya Wright, I'm the middle. I am Brittany Wright, and I'm the youngest. Y'all, we are about to discuss right, White Christmas, and we gotta pick a voting symbol. I want to recommend for us, and it is the train. Okay, why the train? So the train in this movie, it, it really, it took them physically on a journey to Vermont. But the movie is really about a bunch of personal journeys, right? At the crux of the movie, we are um, talking about a general, an army general that is moving from active duty to retirement and experiencing that journey. We're also looking at performers who, some of which are, are trying to get a big break, some of which have, have, have been solo performers, which are now part of a duo. Um, we're also watching romantic journeys, okay? You know, individuals going from being guarded and single to actually finding love and being open and, and, and challenging themselves to, to, to get over themselves and be open to romance. And so there's just a bunch of journeys that are being documented in this film. And so I recommend the train as our voting symbol. <laughs> what you got, bro, it says? I couldn't come up with one. The only one I thought of was, was a snowflake just as a normal, but it didn't have a, I mean, it's what, you know, but honestly, I'm not going to get into discussion yet. Caught myself, but <laughs> I, I did, I'm saying the only one that came to mind was a snowflake, but it doesn't really, I don't have a meaning behind it. I mean, it's white Christmas, so snowflake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, it's funny. I said train in my head. So a train. It's a tra okay, so we're going to do the train. In our podcast, we always do a recap. And it's because these movies are old, okay, um, mostly the ones that we review. And so it's going to have a ton of spoilers in it. Um, but, um, you know, again, I just had a lot of familiarity with it. It's so interesting. But we're about to get into a recap so then we can get into discussion. All right, if you haven't seen the movie, this recap will give you everything that you need to be able to enjoy the podcast. Um, and if you haven't seen it in a while and it's a little dusty in your mind, this recap should serve to bring it all back to the forefront. So let's recap White Christmas. The movie opens in Europe in 1944 on the war front in World War II. We see a group of soldiers being entertained with song and dance by two of their own Captain Bob Wallace, played by Bing Crosby, and Private Phil Davis, played by Danny Kaye. We quickly learn that Bob Wallace is actually a renowned Broadway star, 
And at that time, people would have paid like eight or nine dollars to see him perform, which in today's money, based on a random inflation calculator I found, is like one hundred and forty dollars. OK, and for a second, you're confused. Why is he in the service if he's a celebrity? And then you remember that the draft was in effect at that time. The Selective Service and Training Act meant that any able-bodied man between the ages of 18 and 64 were required to register with their local draft board for military service. And their names could be pulled via a lottery. And according to defense.gov, more than 10 million men were inducted into the Army, Navy, and Marines through the draft, including celebrities and notable figures. And so back to the movie, this is why wow. performer Bob Wallace is at war, performing with private Phil Davis, who is not famous, but is an inspiring performer. And they were doing the show, you know, for their colleagues, primarily for two reasons. Number one, it's Christmas Eve. Okay. And they're on the front lines. And number two, the Pentagon is replacing their beloved general, General Waverly, played by Dean Jagger, with a new general. And they want to send him off in style. And you get a sense that General Waverly is like firm, but fair. And he's like a great mentor and leader. And the men really respect him. And they all just learn a song and, and they begin to sing to him in gratitude. We'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go, long as he wants to go opposite to the foe. We'll stay with the old man wherever he wants to stay, long as he stays away from the battle's fray. And just then, their fort starts being bombed by enemy forces, and they all run for cover. A falling wall almost crushes Bob Wallace, but Phil Davis pulls him to safety. And after the war, the two of them become a performing duo. Bob wasn't really up for it because he was already well-known as a solo act, but Phil, this is this guy that was aspiring performer at the time, he kind of guilts Bob into it because he <laughs> saved Bob's life. And in fact, Bill, uh, Phil is constantly, in a loving, friendly way, but constantly guilting Bob into doing things that are outside his comfort zone. So professionally, this has actually worked out pretty well. As a duo, they have received a ton of acclaim and are now, over time, they are now not just performing, but producing a huge show. It was Phil's idea that they become producers, but Bob's skill and business savvy clearly are what made it happen. And now they are working all the time. And Phil is starting to think it might be too much of a good thing. Okay, he wants some downtime and Bob has them rolling, rolling, rolling. And so Phil is like, you know what, maybe if I can get Bob to start dating, you know, we can both get a little break away from work. And um, so he's trying to like hook Bob up on dates and Bob is not even hearing it at all. He's shutting him down. He says he does not feel compatible with the women in their industry. He wants a mature, serious relationship or nothing at all. Okay. Just as the current and Wallace Davis, Davis, Wallace and Davis production is taking a break for the holidays, they get a letter from a friend in the service, a friend from the service rather, asking them to come and see his sisters perform nearby. And the request is from their army buddy. So of course they go. And guess what? His sisters, the Haynes sisters, are very talented performers. They are great singers and dancers, just like Wallace and Davis, and they are both quite beautiful. And they are somewhat enterprising because one of the sisters, Judy, played by Vera Ellen, the youngest, 
actually wrote the letter and forged their brother's name. Okay. The older sister, Betty, who's played by Rosemary Clooney, she lets Wallace and Davis know about that, you know, trickery. And, you know, they're not upset or anything. Uh, but you can tell that she is not up for that kind of foolishness, you know, or really any foolishness. Okay. And Judy even describes her older sister, Betty, as a mother hen kind of figure in her life. And so the Haynes sisters, it turns out, has been, they've been booked to perform at a resort in Vermont over the holidays. And Phil, seeing an opportunity to get Bob and Betty to hook up, you know, because they clearly have a little spark between them, he manipulates things to get Bob to agree that the two of them should go to Vermont with the Haynes sisters. And when the foursome arrives in Vermont, they are confronted with two unexpected surprises. Number one, they are in Vermont in December. And the temperature is in the 60s. No snow. No <laughs> snow on the ground. Okay. The whole time up, they're like, oh, we're going to go skiing. We're going to be in the snow. No, you're not. Number two, the resort they're visiting is owned by none other than their beloved general, General Waverly. They are so happy to see him and they immediately salute him and they're getting a chance to catch up. And it turns out that General Waverly sunk all of his money, his savings, his pension, everything into this winter resort in Vermont. And now he is about to go bankrupt because there is no snow, the, the resort's not doing well. And immediately, of course, the guys spring into action to get some business to the resort. They bring their entire production up to the resort and they have to pay their staff extra because they're supposed to be on a winter break at that time. But no, they get, that, they get their staff um, rallied and they bring them up to the resort in Vermont. And they go on air on a national television show and make a plea to the men of their regiment to come up to the resort and bring the general some business. Now, in the meantime, Judy, the younger Haynes sister, is now in cahoots with Phil to get Betty and Bob together. And at some point it's going well and Betty and Bob are connecting and they're being vulnerable with each other. And at other points, it just seems like, they're, like Betty is putting up walls. Phil and Judy, you know, the younger sister, you know, they're seeing Betty pull away. They're seeing it happen and they don't know why. And they think it's because Betty feels so responsible to her younger sister that she won't let herself fall in love with Bob. You know, she's just making up walls. And so Phil and Judy decide to pretend to be engaged so that Betty can feel free to fall in love. But guess what? That doesn't work. It turns out that some local gossip had told Betty that Bob is actually going to make money off of the benefit show for the general. And you know what? Betty's just so disappointed, um, you know, and so, but of course, rather than going to go confront Bob about it and talk it through, she uses that gossip as a reason to pull away from him. Now, of course, eventually she does find out that Bob and Phil are not going to make any money off the general and off the benefit show. They are genuinely doing the show to help the general. And so once she finds that out, she does let herself fall in love with Bob. And surprise, along the way, while they were scheming, Phil and Judy have also fallen for each other. Okay, they, all, they had a spark since the beginning. But, you know, by the end, they've both given into it. And the benefit show is a complete success and they managed to keep it a secret from the general until the night of. So when he walked into the show that night, he saw dozens of men that had served under him in the army and their families. And he is completely touched as the men sing to him the same song 
they sang his last night on the front lines, we'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go. Long as he wants to go opposite to the foe, we'll stay with the old man wherever he wants to stay, long as he stays away from the battle's fray. And if that didn't make the night glorious enough, <laughs> it started to snow. So they would have the white Christmas they wanted after all. The end. As always, <laughs> great job. Thanks, y'all. That one was fun, you know. <laughs> and I couldn't help but compare it to some of the uh, other recaps that we've had recently. You know, some of our movies, even though um, they are movies that are, you know, considered iconic, the actual stories have been so simple that the recaps didn't even have twists and turns and complexity. They were just simple stories. And in some cases, simple stories done well. Take a note, take a note Hollywood. Yeah, you don't need all of that. Um, <laughs> and for this movie, you know, it had a it had more layers to it than some of the movies that we've done recently, just in terms of like the, the number of storylines happening. Um, and so I'm looking forward to getting y'all's perspective on this, especially bro, you're seeing it for the first time. Brittany, it wasn't something you had almost memorized like the way I did. <laughs> like the way I did. I didn't really recognize much of the movie. Hmm. But you said you said you ended up with a tear in your eye though. I did. Whoa. Um, it was actually, it's weird. It's like I haven't really been into the holiday uh spirit, quote unquote. Like I haven't wanted to celebrate. Anything. Thanksgiving, Christmas, not even Kwanzaa. I'm just like, y'all, it's the end of December. It's going into January. Who cares? And like seeing the end of the movie, it was just kind of cute and sweet. And I was just like, oh, this it, it made it made you feel a little bit of the warmness that you're supposed to have during this time of year mm-hmm. and I, I felt that from the end of the movie and I was like oh I can appreciate you know these things coming together like this for them so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but yeah I so I yeah that, but, did that you, was, but did you were you like enjoying the movie all the way through uh yeah I w- actually I was cracking up at some points. Like I love um, the character that played Phil. <laughs> I I any movie that he is in. What's his real name? Gail or K Danny something? K. Danny, Danny K. K. I love Danny K because he just seems like he's actually that silly person in real life, <laughs> having a good time. Like, you know, just have walking through life, just oh, the glass is half full. Like he's just having a good time the entire time in life, and it just spills into the character. And then watching the two of them together, you know, having the more cautious friend, and then the one friend that's always tricking him into something, and then him just having to hold his arm. It's like your arm has been fine for years. You just, <laughs> you're still, how are you guilting him all the way into producing shows? Like, how is this? And they both do what was happening. Let me clarify that for those who haven't seen the movie for a while or haven't seen it. When Phil saves Bob's life by pulling him away so he isn't crushed by the wall, 
Phil gets a little scratch on his arm. And it is a little scratch. It's like a sprain. In the moment, <laughs> in the moment, he said, uh, Bob even says to him, oh, that's just a scratch. It'll be fine. <laughs> but meanwhile, Phil has been milking this thing. For for now, like y'all, years, it's been years, years. And so when he's guilting, he points to that arm like right. oh, hold it like. <laughs> and it's just so funny to see their dynamic <laughs> and him just allowing it to happen. But Janiah and I were talking about this. Do you have that friend that will just they just say one thing and you're you're in you're in the shenanigan? Like you're just fine. I'm about to do it. I was telling you, you have two that do, bro. You have two friends yeah. that pull you into shenanigans. Yeah, it's like one, her name is Brittany, and the other one is Janiah. <laughs> and like these two, let me tell you, they will call me, ask me to do something. <laughs> and we both know what type of manipulation is happening. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because I do it anyway. So yeah, I've, I've been. No. I'm, I'm oh, saying they sound like no. top-notch fun chicks, man. <laughs> those two are just they're they they seem genuinely awesome. They you did. know, based on no, what you just they said, pretty great. They seem pretty great. Yeah, they are. They just know what they're doing. That's all. <laughs> you know what? Well, our, I would, go I ahead. Have a, one of our cousins kind of does that to me. Jasmine <laughs> kind of does that to me, where she just like. I, I will be silly, but my one friend that passed away, Portia, she would have how she you all know the song, the tree and the hole and the hole in the yeah. ground. My friend and the green Portia, grass grew all around yes. and around. The green grass grew all around. <laughs> my friend Portia makes you rest in peace. She got me and my friend Ashley to get on stage at a talent show and rap that song. How <laughs> As college got, age adult. No, no, no. This is post college that she got us to get one stage. To this day, I'm single because of that. And I know that that's why. <laughs> I know it's, it's a video circulating in these streets that I don't know about. The universe was like, she ain't ready. Basically, yo, that, oh my goodness, she had a zero, like, she doesn't matter where she, it doesn't matter where she is. If it is something that is going to be ridiculous, she was part of those shenanigans. I remember having two college friends that they would go places and speak a fake language. And then the one person would speak the fake language and the other person would pretend to interpret. It did not matter where we were. Bowling alley, restaurant, it did not matter. So just being around those type of people that are just like, let's do it. You're like, no, don't do it. Okay, I'm in. I just don't know what to do now. I'm in. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and bro, your first time seeing the movie, what did you think of the dynamic between the two main guys? What did you think of that friendship? Honestly, I didn't feel like I was watching a movie. I felt more like I was watching a variety show. Mm. Um, and so I didn't yeah, feel totally like good. I was watching a relationship develop. It more felt like dialogue put in between musical numbers. Mm. And, and like, like, like the, and I'm not even saying it's a bad thing, yeah. Yeah. but it didn't, it, it didn't feel like a movie. It felt like, like a show. 
Like, sure. All right. So this is what we'll say kind of in between this musical number and that, and that musical number. And, and so I didn't feel like I was watching a relationship. I felt like I was watching a, like a, a bit, you know what I mean? Like, 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 like if you had two people who were on stage doing a bit, you know, like Abbott and Costello, like, like they had a routine type of um, situation. So, so that, that, that's how I felt about, about their And bro, their you know, it's funny you should say that because in watching it, it reminded me because part of what they're doing throughout the show is putting together actual shows. And mm-hmm. so it becomes a way for them to have song and dance without yeah. it being the kind of song and dance right. that's storytelling of the show. Right. And so it's really one of those things. It's the same thing that happened in um, Singing in the Rain, where they were in the musical creating a musical. And so they were able to sing and dance and, and, and do that. In, in, in a way that didn't have to move the story along. It was just different scenes from productions they were making in the musical. And it made me actually start to think about like shows like The Office and Modern Family, where they mm. have like that interview format or like that confessional, yeah. where periodically in, in the episode, you hear the intern, like w- what the characters are thinking. You get the backstory because they just tell you. And I love those shows by the way, but in some ways it makes the storytelling more simple because the, the characters just tell you the backstory instead of the show having to give you the backstory or give you what they're thinking. And that's what I felt as I was watching White Christmas. And I, again, I always feel it when I'm watching Singing in the Rain too. It's like they aren't organically adding all of these songs and dance um, I know, dance but, numbers. But, but, Part of what they're doing as in the storyline is creating songs and dance numbers. And and I feel and I feel what you're saying, definitely. But singing in the rain still had some organic numbers. Yes, you know, they like, did. Yes, and this one did too. This one did too. But but I don't because like even when it no, was no. <laughs> But even, yeah, like, because, like, like when he, like, think about the title track, Singing in the Rain, okay? Yeah. That gave you the feeling that this dude was just... In loud nine. Yeah, you know, he was just out. And it just felt very, like, almost that is what would be happening. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But why Christmas? I mean, they just come in and on the stage just singing. And, And again, I don't... It wasn't, I'm just saying, I felt a whole, I, I see what you're saying, but I felt a lot less of that organic at all in this. Yeah. Movie. And they did, they did really, something that I actually, and you all correct me, like if you have a different recollection, but I've actually, I can't think of any other musical where there was a song that came up in what in the movie storyline was an organic moment. And then it became a song that they actually used again in an intentional way in the actual like movie itself. So like, for example, there's a part where um, the, you know, Bob and Betty, they're connecting deeply, you know, one night at the hotel and she's struggling to sleep. We know she's struggling to sleep because she's falling in love and fighting it. 
And they, you know, they're together in the end. And he sings this beautiful song to her. Um, I count my blessings instead of sheep. And he says, when I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. And I fall asleep counting my blessings. And it's the most beautiful little moment. And then the next day, they are using that song in the production that they are creating for the general. And it's like, I anyway, I just thought that was, so when they did have some of those organic moments, they then made it a song. So it corrupted it in some ways. Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe I was on Jazz and Cloud Nine while I was watching. It was just, I just saw it as a, like a comedic musical and just things unfolding the way musicals do. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I I don't know. Now that you all are saying it, I could see that part. But one part of me wonders, did they sing it to each other? And then we found out that it was in the production. Like, was it always in the production? And oh. he was just singing it to her. And it was, you know, just him, them singing it. And then this was also a movie that was in the production. Like they had already, this was a, um, a practice. I like that. Because she has, Let's she go knew with the that. She Let's go with that. Yeah, I like But the thing is, is that even, even if that is the case, and I'm not saying this is a negative thing. Sure. But, but, but I'm saying, even if that's the case, it still goes to Janai's point because then it wasn't a, like, what I like about didn't have a problem reusing music because we heard that sister song three times, and that was another thing. <laughs> and I, I'm just saying, like, like because the I second didn't hate time that he, though, I didn't hate I it. I didn't hate it. I didn't. I didn't hate anything. Yeah, but I'm just I saying. I'm just saying, like, when they redid, there's a point in a movie where, when we're introduced to the sisters, they do a song, and shortly after that, the guys redo it as a lip sync and i felt like they didn't have to go through the whole song again like but they did yes. they went through the whole i felt like we get the joke or yeah. the the point and that could have been but what i love about musicals is and like this is something that only people who love musicals really will get <laughs> okay but like i love how they randomly, not randomly, but they'll start singing in a moment because that is the expression of the emotion in that moment. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so it's yeah. like when when they break out into song, because we've all been in those moments where it's like I can't even express how I'm feeling right now, and like those songs communicate those feelings in those moment so it's like okay when millie is uh uh, uh riding up and she's like in know, seven brides for seven brothers seven brides for seven brothers and she's just like it's gonna be so great just one bed just one bed you know and she's just thinking Sing about and, and right, that's what i'm saying it's just like she's just thinking about Man, I gotta deal with all of these crazy yeah. people at the end yeah. and then she just start singing because it's just like <laughs> and then they go to the next scene and that's what I love about musicals but like musicals like singing in the rain which they did it a lot but not as much as this one like this one it was just like 
everything was just, you know, the, the musical numbers were just plopped right in there. Mm -hmm. And I got the point that they could do it because it's like, well, we're putting together a show. Mm -hmm. And we're yeah. doing and we're we're practicing full costume. Like, it's <laughs> totally. I, but Maybe you know, full costume. They would, just costume. Say it. they would just say it. And let me tell you something. I love Judy. I love her because <laughs> Judy did not mind being like, oh, we're going to get this done. And I want, and I'm going to make sure it gets done. Because if she had not ever sent that letter to Davis and Wallace on behalf of their brother, <laughs> just signed she, his name right on that dollar I line. mean, signed his name. She would have never, they wouldn't have been where they were mm -hmm. by that point in a Davis and Wallace production, you know? Well, wait, wait, wait. So you were saying, so you're saying it was a sister who felt like she could do anything where her brother's whatever they wanted because it was their brother and they could just do whatever they wanted. I, yeah, Listen, I, I did a, that I could, part I of the that. movie felt very familiar to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it resonated. But I would like to point out, they said when the older sister found out what she did, which I was like, this would be Janiyah for sure. She was like, he's out of the country in Alaska. And I was like, out of the country in Alaska. <laughs> and y'all, I was so confused. I said, now hold on now. And it made me think about it. I was like, wait, when did Alaska get basically drafted into America? Mm -hmm. Y'all, that was in 1959. I was like, that's five minutes ago that Alaska, <laughs> Alaska and Hawaii became states. We can get into became as the word I'm mm -hmm. using right now. Mm -hmm. But I think that it was 19... Let me double check as I texted to y'all because it threw me it's, off. It's 1959. 1959. And I was just like, wow, so he was out the country. It's so, <laughs> just... The, the, but those different parts. But Judy is a true testament to... And even Phil. So it's funny that those two ended up together. Phil used his arm and Judy used her trickery. To get what they want, but they were both successful in the totally. end. Totally. And I love this little quote. Judy, Judy said, Judy said, honesty needs a little plus, fate needs a little push. She was like, I was like, girl, you better say it. Listen, it does. It, it does. It, and that's where, and that's what Phil was doing. Yep. Phil would be like, oh, we should be producers. And he was like, what producing? <laughs> it's like, so don't grab your arm. Stop grabbing your arm. You know what? <laughs> and y'all, I, I, did, I did do some reading about this, this film because, again, I just, um, you know. I'm scared. <laughs> no, so scared. I, well, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Um, I just don't want you to say something like, they held a Confederate flag every day before they started taping. I'm going oh, to log off. You read my notes. You're going to log off. You read my notes. Yeah, that's not what I was going to say. That's not, that's not it at all. Okay. Um, <laughs> but sis, when you were just talking about the character um, that was, um, you know, Judy, the sister, who was played by Vera Ellen, y'all, she did some dancing in this movie. Okay. 
And when I say she did some dancing, it was like watching Gene Kelly in Singing in the Rain. I would agree with that. Just like you. I would agree with that. You are on this land to dance, lady. Don't you do nothing else with your life. And I was like, oh my gosh, to be able to dance like that and have that voice. She looks so happy. But guess what? When she was dancing. Guess what? That was not her voice. So she is a dancer, but the voice was dubbed when she was singing because she couldn't sing. I knew something. Let me tell you something. When I was watching her dance with that other man, um, I said to myself, I think that she's a dancer. She is a dancer. Because her acting really wasn't that great. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't super awesome. And I was like, I think she's a dancer that can moderately act, in, but they needed a dancer because of what they wanted to do with this uh, musical. I was like, that makes so much sense. The woman that her that the dubbed voice was Trudy Stevens. I got to shout out Trudy Stevens. Come because on, with Trudy. that voice of Trudy Stevens and the dancing ability of Vera Ellen. Well, that was quite a lady. I mean, she, she did that. And y'all, just as um, the actress that played uh, Judy couldn't sing, guess what? Rosemary Clooney, who played Betty, couldn't dance. And it's one of those things that she owns. She's She always owned it, you know, in interviews and she things like that. <laughs> well, she did. The, the, the choreography that she did do in this movie was very minimal. It was so simple. It was very simple because she is not a dancer. So anyway, they had cast these, these, these women, one a singer, one a dancer, and the characters were, were needed to be both. And these actresses weren't both. You know, but that's just the the, the magic of, of 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 good 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 movie making. Sis, that we again, it. I knew it. I knew she wasn't a dancer because I started noticing that while everyone was doing things, she was on the side like, <laughs> and I was like, she, she was Benjamin. She she was Benjamin. She was Benjamin for seven by seven brothers. Benjamin was over there clapping. He was the clapper. <laughs> He looked fantastic, though. He encouraged yeah, he them did. every time. He had that good Listen, red shirt. He called. He had that good shirt on. Mm-hmm. I think Benjamin was I, orange. I think you know what? He was orange. Thank you. Yeah, he was, Thank he you. Was mm-hmm. All I know is that I said that. I promise I said that when I was watching it. I was like, she is not a dancer. Everyone is always <laughs> dancing around her. And even at the end, I said, I wonder what classes she took to do that little tap dancing thing <laughs> behind those big outfits. Because I was like, wait a minute. Okay. She's doing a little tapping now. She must yeah. have really had to have some classes. Yeah. That's so funny. But, but when the other one was doing her tapping, that was... She was so good. Like, oh. like when she did that, when she did the rapid tap on both, on the, both feet. Y'all, I tried to do was, it. Did y'all try to do it? It y'all. was so fast. Okay. I was like, can anyone actually so tap their fast. toe that fast? Like, I mean, my toe the, was going 125th. Right. Like, like, <laughs> here's the here's the thing. I just want everybody to know she she I believe see what you gotta understand, Janai actually tried. I did. She's not <laughs> she's not just using this for comedic purposes. <laughs> I tried. And I was like, because if I, I could wish you could move your camera right now <laughs> so we could watch it. Like we want to see a live version of you. Listen, just imagine someone being horrible at something, and you got the chance. <laughs> okay, because well, my toe was not tapping. You could do one of the most complicated moves, <laughs> <laughs> having no tap training ever. None. What would make you think? Listen, 
That's how it's you start that, that was It's the I same mean, thing that had me watch Alvin Ailey the other day and come home thinking I was in Revelation. I wasn't. I wasn't in yeah, Revelation. They had not picked me. Here's the thing about Alvin Ailey. That stuff doesn't even look simple. Oh. It, it, looks, it looks like what Alvin Ailey is like, you're making it look easy, but it clearly is not easy. Clearly not. <laughs> it's clearly not. They make you oh, question your life decisions. You're like, am I doing anything good? <laughs> right. Am I doing right. anything well? I don't think oh, I am. I'm I don't good. think I'm I am. Clearly not. I don't I don't think I'm doing it as well as that. <laughs> the way they contour their bodies. Oh God. What and the thing and the thing is, is that you the flexibility. Know, so good. In that in that sense. All of the numbers were great. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because, but the dancing, singing, but everything. For me, like, for me, what I enjoy about a musical is one of the biggest things I enjoy is what we were talking about before, as far as the expression of the emotion. But I also like seeing how they integrate the scene into what they're doing. So, like, if you think of, you know, like a West Side Story when they're doing Officer Krupke and, and like how they are integrating everything that's around them in into the number. Yes. But when you're seeing a set piece on stage, which like there were even times where they would start off in a regular situation and then they would spin each other and all of a sudden they're on the set piece. <laughs> you're like, what? weren't y'all just dancing, you know, like in a room and now you're on the stage somewhere. And so, you know, like I said, the fact that they spent so much time on stages and stuff also kind of made it not feel like a movie to me. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Listen, it, it felt like a fun show. Oh, it was fun. Now, there was a part, though, that I was a little bit like, Judy's character, who's the dancer, I said, listen, stop looking at the camera because you're not supposed to be looking at the camera at this point. It was when they were dancing on the patio area and all those different things. She kept like looking at the camera a bit and smiling. And I don't know if that was by accident, if it was on purpose, but I was just like, she's looking not I didn't the catch distance. that. I didn't catch that. I, I wonder if that's because as a dancer, they end up focused down center. Yeah. Downstage center. Like well, that's listen, what they do. When, when you're so just with a guy dancing around. If the camera happened around, to be right there. Uh-uh. You're supposed to know. Oh. This is a movie. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to hear any criticism of Vera Ellen. Not on this listen. podcast. Not anywhere in the world. <laughs> because that Vera Ellen right there. Listen. That lady would hurt. With that size negative three ways. Oh, said, those legs were skeleton honey. legs for sure. But those yes. legs could tap and they could do some ballet. Wasn't that, not a piece. Zero oh. percent of the body fat. I oh, said, my gosh. Her, she, to me, she was excellent. And also, Britt, you, you were talking about Danny Kaye and how enjoyable he was to watch. Y'all, and not and it his no, he was singing and dancing, you know what I mean? So he truly was the combo, and he was actually their third choice for that role. Wow, they had started with Fred Astaire because apparently Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire had been doing some some buddy films, you know. They started with Bing Crosby and Dennis and, and Fred Astaire, 
eventually he was out um, for different reasons. And then they went to Donald O'Connor. Remember Donald O'Connor from um, Singing in the Rain? And then he, you know, backed out. And um, no, no, no. You know what it was? Fred Astaire said no thank you because he thought he was getting a little too old for parts like that. Um, Donald O'Connor fell ill. That's what it was. He fell Aww. ill and couldn't do it. And then um, they went to Danny Kaye as a third choice. A third choice. And y'all, I think the universe worked that out because... Absolutely. He killed it. He was just so delightful in that part. And his dance, he kept up with that Vera Ellen, you know, as her partner Listen, in a couple a couple scenes. And I want to discuss that, um, how... <laughs> Everybody was able to get to Vermont overnight. Everybody, I said, this is when you're watching a musical. Everybody, they brought their whole families, were able to get to Vermont overnight. It was said, the well, ones listen, in the Northeast there was, region. Was there a bullet train that I didn't know about I mean, in 1944? And, and you know, honestly, what? I was like, See, but at that all point, these people. At that point, I, at that point, I just I read to me it was just like they're not trying to make a movie. Like that's just what I like. That's what I thought. I like I just felt, which is not. I'm not saying it's a bad it's thing. Sure. It's kind of like when I saw Fantasia for the first time. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's okay, just well, a bunch a, of scenes. Yeah, it's this not isn't a story, a movie. really. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, and, and that's. Now, here's the thing. The performances were so good that it's enjoyable to watch. And I also understand why people consider it a classic. Because it seems like a movie you can have on while the family's all there. And it's just kind of playing. Yeah. You know, like like you don't got to be, you know, fully engaged in this movie. It could just be kind of going on. And then, oh, this is my scene. You know, then you could go watch your dance number. And, yeah. yeah. So I got to understand why people like it. Well, well bro, I actually, I uncovered a factoid that um, is really going to, it's really going to make your case for you about like how the film feels to you in the way that you're describing it. And I'm not saying I, because I, 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 I felt the story. I felt the movie. I really did, you know, but I hear what you're saying. And um, it turns out that they had the song first. So they yeah, truly, it wasn't totally like somebody that. just wrote a, wrote, a, wrote a movie. They had the song and they were trying to build the movie working oh, around yeah. the song. So mm-hmm. the, the song White Christmas was actually already a hit when the movie came out. And so they truly were putting together a movie for the song. Yeah. So bro, I think like that really makes the, the case that you're, that, that you're making yeah, and, here, which and, is like- and Like I said, I don't, cause like Brittany's talking about, this is just a fun, you know, way to show these great scenes. And yeah. um, I just, so like, for me, Almost like someone made a promise and was like, I'm going to get you into a movie. Just you watch. And they, <laughs> all of you, I'm going to get all of you into a movie. Just you watch. And they were like, boom, done. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, 
I just, I just didn't I, feel that. I I, it, I followed that I, story. Because so. I think of all of the, you know, yeah. like think about, all right, think about like Freddie outside of Eliza Doolittle's house or Henry Higgins' house. And he's dancing, but he's using the light posts and like he's using, you know, say, or, or even um, her dad, you know, get me to the church all the time. Uh, or or um, um, it's Sound of Music with the uh, Chimney Sweeps, right? The Not Sound of Music. That's my favorite. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. <laughs> so, so, but what I'm trying to say is, is that, like, that's the point. Like, you're supposed to be, like, in the middle of a conversation, and then all of a sudden, you're on the table, like, there's another dude, like, <laughs> you know, next thing you know, you're in a scene. No, like, that's bro. what I like. But bro, why do you I let, why do you let switch to <laughs> why do you let singing off singing in the rain off the hook then? Because it really no, no, does. No, no. I don't, I don't, I don't let it off the hook. What what no, because you're very what you're saying is is very true. They actually literally did the same thing same a couple thing. Of times in the sense of you know, they did the whole scene and you could tell they back up and out, they're out of practice. But what I'm saying is singing in the rain had enough of the moments that were organic. Got it. Like when they were all dancing Mixed in like in. that living room where, where you know, it, it was, yeah. I think, and it was just, they were dancing Pour around the chairs oh. and on the, on the mm-hmm. furniture. So, so they had enough of that. Plus, it's the, morning. It's morning. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Good yeah. morning. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, is even especially the title track mm-hmm. was oh, one of the best so true. in the middle of a of a because like you could just see he was just it was almost like that's what would have happened to him in real life. Like mm. if if you were a singer and you were just feeling good, you would just be rolling around like. I'm sick. Yeah. And that was a master class. Think about all the things he did, the puddles, and just like when he started jumping in the puddles. And that scene in and of itself was enough for me to, you know, be excited about it the whole movie. Yeah. So I don't let him off the hook. Yeah. I, I yeah. definitely you just understand that they did what it better. Saying. They had more of the organic. They did. They had, you know, some they of did. it. it was, but everything, it was like, yo, y'all on the stage again? <laughs> well, Ben Crosby did have, you know, his moments where he was just singing, slightly moments when he was singing randomly. Uh, just a little, but nothing that was at that most. But I felt like it was a movie, but it was definitely movies with stage performances. Mm-hmm. But I was okay with all of it because the whole movie, I was like this. Like I just was so happy. I was like, "Yep, yeah, they're dancing again." So, you know, another good one. um, Another good one that popped into my head was Annie. You know, like how in in the beginning, like they're cleaning and they're using the, you know, the yeah. We haven't done that one yet. We need to do that. that. We sure do. Listen, I and I will tell you. Bing Crosby in this movie, and I don't know if this is that was his. I don't know if he's still alive, but that was his personality. He was so smooth when he was talking to uh, um, 
Clooney's character for the first time, the older sister. I cannot. She passed away in 77. Okay. Listen, I what was the, the older sister's name? Betty. Betty. There we go. Because all I know, I did a little research that she is George Clooney's auntie. Rosemary I just Clooney. put that out there. Um, so she said, but when he was talking to her, he was like, yeah, you know, everybody's got an ankle. And something, something he said, Dame. And I was like, listen here, I know who I'm supposed to marry if they use the word Dame. That or I don't know what it means. I don't know the origin of it. If it's something negative, don't tell me because I like Dame. I you like want somebody to call you a Dame. I want to be a Dame. You don't want to be a dame. I said, I like, I like dame, which that's another thing we need to do, gather dolls. But I just, a dame, like, you know, I said, okay, you're a little smooth with these big ears. You're a little smooth. You're smooth with your blue, blue, blue eyes. You know, I know he, I think Frank Sinatra's old blue eyes, but I'm like, Bing Crosby, you got some blue eyes, sir. (laughs) Um, And, you know, but sis, I wonder if that was one of the lines he improv. Bing Crosby, uh-huh. it turns out that he had, he did a lot of improving. And that's part of the thing. It's like, he was a, he was already a big deal at the time. You know, okay. he did a lot of improving and um, they had a lot of fun on the set. And sis, that scene that you were talking about where it's like, they, they were performing sisters to the recording. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. why do they do this again? Well, I loved that scene because it Me looked too. like the two of them were having so much fun. The two guys exactly. singing over the women's voices. Well, guess what? That whole piece with Danny Kay hitting Bing Crosby and just like hitting him like playfully. That was not part of the choreography. <laughs> and that makes so much so, sense. So when you're seeing Bing Crosby <laughs> look like delighted and having a good time, he's actually delighted and having a good time. Because he was surprised and they decided to use that tape, you know? So it's oh. one of these things where it's like, there was a lot of improv and fun yeah. happening that made its way into the movie. And since that particular line you're talking about, like the day, I wonder if that was something he improv. Say, or if it okay. Because see, and that makes so much sense because by the end of that performance, Bing Crosby was genuinely laughing. Yes, he was. He was laughing. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, and I feel like everyone in the actual audience was laughing as well. Like they were, everybody was actually having a good time in yes. that moment. And they're like, we need to keep this. This, mm-hmm. this, because this is genuinely mm-hmm. what would have happened in yeah. that moment. Yeah. You no, know, like we're supposed to be seeing these two sisters and these, these men that didn't try anything but put on headbands and get them feathers and roll their <laughs> pants up. And I was like, you are out there with these rolled up pants on. Yes. What is happening right now? I was cracking up. I well, was y'all, definitely cracking up. Y'all, what, um, let's talk about the music then. Because that sister mm-hmm. scene, that is Amazing. actually a song yeah. that I have sung to, to Brittany. God bless the mister who comes comes between between me and my my sister. sister. And God bless Bless the sister who comes between between me and my sister. I just love that. So let's talk about the music, y'all, in particular. (laughs) Um, Are there any, what did you think of the music? Did anything, is there a favorite song that you have? Was there a song in there you could have just deleted from the whole thing and been happy? Listen, there the parts that I was not expecting, that's more so it, that when Judy was dancing 
And the other male dancer who was her male lead, uh, I don't know what his name is, honey, but that man that was dancing opposite with her, he's phenomenal, okay? Phenomenal. So good. And so I just, I love the music changing. I was just like... I wasn't expecting that where it started kind of get a little sexy sound to it and real kind of, you know, they're getting into the drums. And I was like, oh. I said, I wasn't expecting that. And I like it. Yes. Also, the, the, those were my favorite parts. Those so that's not absolutely... even with the lyrics. That is just that no good lyrics. soundtrack. That musicianship. Yeah. Listening to them. I was like, oh, this is so. And to think that this wasn't a situation where, which I don't know if they had this during that time, but you had to play the music while certain things were happening. Like, didn't the orchestra have to play? Like, I don't know if there was editing at that time where they were adding the music after this things happened. I don't know how all that works. I'm sure that that's what it anyway. was because mm-hmm. even now they will do separate audio track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, you know, right, to, right. so that they can mm-hmm. enhance and maximize audio. Unless you're reading Moreno in the new West Side Story, when you just sing right there on set because you're that good. Boom. That had nothing to do with anything we were talking about. I'm just saying that was one of the few... <laughs> Situations. How you put that out there? Where that didn't apply. Listen, okay. That's what we're. <laughs> listen, this is a podcast about jazz. It's about jazz. I'm sorry, it just so weird when you were taking that because I was just thinking because I was like, yes, that is true. Unless you're reading Moreno in 2021, and you're just don't singing play there, with Rita. Don't play with and you're, Rita. And you're singing on set. And everybody's like, yeah, we just gonna have to leave that in because yeah. uh, we're not dumping over that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, y'all, there are just some people out here that movies and stuff like that just doesn't do it justice. Yeah. You have yeah. to see it in real yeah. life. Yeah. But at any rate, you could hear it on this, yes. just listening to it and being like, these are individuals who are well trained. This is a well trained mm. orchestra, Classically and it sounded. There's all oh, just sounded yeah. so good, mm. yeah. And that thinking that if they had to re-record, so you could hear their footsteps or their tapping or whatever, how they put that together, amazing. Because it's not like now where you could press a button and just like add a sound. It's like yeah, no. I have to think about that. <laughs> like we have to hold a mic here, and right, like right, right, right. <laughs> where we have to put this sound in, like that to me. You're right. That's just, impressive. And, and I also thought about that just in terms of the actual movie when it was like, listen, get everybody up here. We're going to do a show in Vermont, and all the things they had to bring, bringing a set with them. Yeah, all these things. I was like, you know what? Shows do travel. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how all that works, but I was like, these shows actually do have they break to down and set up and keep going. I was just like, wow, you know, just see, everybody was probably like, all right, cool, because life is jazz. We're in Vermont now. Let's go. Yeah. And you everybody know? in high school that was in the stage crew, shout out, because we didn't we didn't take y'all as seriously as we should have, because Listen. that is that's a real career out here. OK. If the mics sound bad, if the music is off, yes, 
Lighting. These are advanced skill sets out here. It can to bring these productions to life. I've been watching Broadway shows lately. And y'all, I mean, some of these sets, it is just like, They're whoa. intricate. Whoa. Now, of course, these are not traveling sets I'm watching. You know, these are sets sure. that are meant to be on this stage. But it is just like, whoo, the intricacy. And it's just, they're they're amazing. They're amazing. So, well, bro, what about you in the music? You know, a favorite song or how did you feel? Brittany was clearly transported. How did you feel about the music? I'm still there. <laughs> you in Vermont no, right I, now. The, the <laughs> music itself definitely brought me into that musical space. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, I like phonetically hearing the sounds of those types of singers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, so it definitely brought me there. My my, I wouldn't say that any of the songs stood out the that tap dance performance that we were talking about stood out to me because that was um just like that the skill involved in that yeah and like the way she did it it was one of those things where yeah i'm doing something most people can't do right now like Mm -hmm. like like even even people who do what i do can't do this Hmm. but i'm and so that stood out to me. But yeah. um, so there were dancing parts that stood out to me more than, uh, you know, the, the the actual songs. Yeah. So you loved when they threw her down the stairs? I was like, I'm sorry. Are they throwing her down the stairs right now? I said, listen, we all would have been stumbling down them stairs. We used to start throwing me. We're dead now. Listen, we all got broken bones sitting here looking like this. I was like, did they toss her? They tossed her twice. They tossed her twice. I was like, okay. Well, that's great. I love musicals. We're done here. All right. We're we're tossing people. Well, y'all, I had so, Brittany was transported by this music without the lyrics. Y'all. Those, some of those lyrics, and maybe it's just the mood I'm in right now, but I felt like they were ministering to my spirit. Mm, Go on, talk about about it. Man, y'all, the lyrics of the song Blessings, okay? When he was like, um, you know, I count my blessings instead of sheep before I go to sleep. He has a a line in there where he says something along the lines of when my bank, when my bankroll is low, I just think about when I didn't have anything at all. And then I fall asleep counting my blessings. Mm. And I was like, you better put things in perspective in that song. I Mm. just really appreciated that. There was another song um, that was about, um, and it was one of those that was actually a dance number with very little lyrics. And it was good things happen while you're dancing. Something like that. Oh, the best things happen while you're dancing. That's what it was. And y'all, that song, the lyrics are basically saying when you're out on the floor, you're able to accomplish things that you can't normally accomplish in life because you're you're in that space of dancing and it's and it's it's miraculous, is basically the the the, the very few lyrics are saying. And I was looking at Vera Ellen in all of her dancing majesty, and I was like, this is what it is like when you are doing what you are supposed to do. And so I was just like, see, when she is dancing, for her, something amazing is surely happening. Something is happening. And it was just for me, I was like, I just think that's where you got to be. That's how you're in the pocket of your life. If you're 
if you are like Vera Ellen dancing, that's your journey, girl, clearly. And um, I just, that song, that, that best things happen while you're dancing. I was like, there's a way to fill in that line for everybody. The best things happen while you're doing what? Like what, what, what is happening when your life is in sync and in rhythm and you know, you're, mm. you know, you're on track, whatever that is, that's what we need to be focused on, you know? And then the last one, I just have to call out that I just loved <laughs> y'all was, um, that song, what can you do with a general? And it was just a simple little song in the movie. It was where, um, I don't Bing know, those Crosby's, sounded kind of messed up. Bing Crosby's <laughs> um, character, uh, Bob, he is making the plea for everybody to magically within 24 hours get from wherever they are to come to Vermont to be with the general. And he sings a little song because he they, they don't want it to be feel sorry for the general. That's not what they're trying to do. It's not about pity him come. It is we owe him this respect. Come and help save this in, you know. And in the song, he says, um, when the war was over, there were jobs galore for the G.I. Josephs who were in the war. But for generals, things were not so grand. And it isn't hard to understand. What can you do with a general when he stops being a general? Oh, what can you do with a general who retires? Who's got a job for a general when he stops being a general? They all get a job, but a general no one hires. Mm. And for me, that was just like, oh my gosh. It just became one of those stories. It was one of those songs that applies to every person that retires. I just think about you, you hear these stories and, and, and I, frankly, I think we, we, we've been able to see it in um, the lives of some of our loved ones. It's like that concept of retiring, you know, it's like, it's like, it should be a celebration, but for some people it does end up being just a, a space of just life displacement. And I just thought, man, what a beautiful way to sum up how the world needs to make sure that everyone is enabled to be successful, whatever phase they're in in their life. And I just thought that those lyrics were just beautiful and poignant yeah. and they should really be AARP's theme song because it's Ooh. like, y'all, <laughs> make space for the retired generals, y'all. Listen. Let them, be, let them be meaningfully engaged. Well, speaking of the general, two people that were like his sidekick characters the innkeeper and his granddaughter the innkeeper which janiah helped me realize who she was that she's sister mary lazarus did you from, notice that bro uh from sister act and i was i was just like how did you even get that but after you said it to me since i listened to her voice and i was like this is clearly her um and i just love how these types of movies always have this sassy woman that is in there that is not like the, listen her point her job was to get him in his general suit to this thing baby took all his clothes out of his closet <laughs> and she was like they're all the I took, I took the something. they're all gone he was, he was like you took all my suits she said you only have two and yeah i, I was just, like but that that did make it a little Easier to accept because so because you know, it was like at first I'm like this thing is whole closet but as soon as I okay I can see you grabbing it was, two yes, yeah. it was so funny which <laughs> they had no option none it was like they're not even at the cleaners they're probably in her room right yes. now I took them to the cleaners I was just kind of she was like well 
you don't have to come. Really? <laughs> I was like, wait. It's I was, but those types of women, like almost like she is his wife, but that's not his wife. Mm-hmm. She's clearly taking care of him. Yeah. But she, but he's like in denial about being taken care of right now. She he's like, you when when that that exchange had me cracking up. I was just like, she said, You only have two. And I said, <laughs> he probably only has two. And he just needs to put this general outfit on. But the other side of it was when he came down the stairs and he had his general outfit on and his granddaughter, she was looking at him in awe. Yes. Like oh. I've never seen my granddad look like this before. Oh. So I just really appreciated her looking. And then she was so happy and so proud that she started walking in step with him. And so oh. I was just like, this is so sweet. This is so sweet. Um, just to see her be so excited to see him in his outfit and, and knowing that he's about to get honored in this way. I just think that that was really sweet. I, I didn't want us to like, because I'm pretty sure we're probably, you know, at, towards the end, but I didn't want us to leave without talking about them. But since you also didn't reverse. do the Black people report yet. That's, oh, after we well, do that, then we can wrap. Okay. Uh, there, were, so there were two. There were two. Listen, I thought it was two Black people on the train. Was I so, really This think, podcast was all about fun and love. So listen, so it still is. The name of the movie is White Christmas. Lord. We're here. We, mm-hmm. We're there. Mm-hmm. The movie is taking place mainly in Vermont. We're there. Okay. So their expectations are low. Now, <laughs> but when I saw a brother with his white jacket on on the train, I said, well, hold on. We, we made it on to the track. As a bartender. As the bartender. And yeah. He, and he got suitcases. You didn't see that part. He was a porter. He as has well. two jobs on the train. That's Double right. pay. Anyway, <laughs> Hopefully. then there was one. And I don't think y'all noticed him. He was one of the uh individuals that was part of the army. Yes. At the end. He was one of the men in line. And I said, Well, that's Harry Belafonte hair. <laughs> that was. I was like, that hair doesn't look like the rest of these people's hair. I was like, you they you snuck in. They didn't know. Oh, you, snuck, you just snuck on set and put an outfit on. Yeah. They didn't know. They didn't know. They, they, it was afterwards. They were like, hold on. What? When did, when did, did you get it? off the? When did you make it off the train? That's what happened. So that is, uh, but it's fine. Yeah. I knew going into this movie that it was going to be what it is and i was okay with it i y'all, didn't even i didn't even care only, I was like, oh. and i didn't i didn't care either the only time i had a little bit of ah, you got me was um when they had a whole song that was about minstrel shows okay and they had a song that basically said oh we missed the minstrel shows and they mentioned georgie primrose as the minstrel show that they missed so I didn't want to do it. I had to do it. I had yeah. to look up Georgie Primrose. I literally didn't do it because I said, if I see somebody in some blackface. I actually tensed up when I saw Minstrel Show. I was like, oh, yeah. is this going to be one yeah. of those things? Totally. But they did it in, that, in the movie. But they celebrated Minstrel Shows as an institution, yeah. which is yeah. the piece that I, that is the only thing to me that I was just like, ah. This was and, a and in my mind, I was just like, you this. know what? I'm just going to assume 
it meant something different or something. I was like, that's what I wanted. Just let it go. I, I can I tell y'all, I actually looked it up to be able to tell y'all this is not what you were thinking, but it was. Primrose and West was an American blackface song and dance team. And um, yeah, all of the pictures are exactly what you're thinking of right now. Red lips and the dark. So um, yeah. So other than that, I didn't, I didn't have any moments in the movie where I was like, otherwise it felt historically, it felt like I was fine with it. I could roll with it. But that was the one thing I was like, why would you have to sit there and celebrate menstrual shows? We, you could have put anything in there. You could have said, we love comedy show. You could have sung in like it literally ha- didn't have a place. It didn't have a place. And it was talking about like it said, like, bring it back. And I was like, don't don't, don't bring do that. Back. They kept and they said it over and over. Bring back the menstrual. Show. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because I, I you know what? And I, I'm not going to lie. I intentionally. Then I look nothing up. I, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just let this one go because because I was like, I'm going to just hope it doesn't mean. That's it. Now that we've completed the blackness report, we can now close the <laughs> podcast. Let's take it to the vote. Let's we take it to the really vote, bro. We got to doing these blackness reports <laughs> on movies that came out in 1950. We were <laughs> around. Listen, I'm just saying. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Go, go ahead. take us to the vote, bro. It does this movie yeah, does I, this movie I, get it, your train? I mean the movie, the movie gets my train. You know, I, I'm not for my and this is a weird vote for me because in my personal experience, like I don't see myself revisiting this movie, but I got it. Like I understood why people like it you know like like I, I i got it i you know i i got the idea and the last thing i wanted to say is that this movie didn't really have nothing to do with christmas for real like it was kind of even that was shoehorned in but i was just like you know what whatever you know like like it's the movie's not that serious it's like it's just a way for us to showcase these phenomenal dancers and singing voices and some you know instances but so i get it so i i I also get my train yeah well you know what it gets my train too and you know that little minstrel celebration moment it reminded me of you know the movie the holiday with like uh jude law and kate winslet and cameron diaz and jack black y'all i I really, really enjoy that movie. I do. I actually really like that movie. And there's one part in it Um, where um, the Jude Law character, he puts a napkin over his head and he's making up a little fun voice to entertain his children. But he clearly looks like he has on a KKK hood. And it was one of those things where it was like, if they had had any person of color anywhere in the production of this movie, and I mean anywhere, Someone would have said, oh, can we use a yellow napkin? And, or just purple. Any other color napkin, and it would have been fine, but he puts this white and then it's triangle. And so, but even though I know that's coming, I still watch that movie when it's on TV because I like the movie. And so I feel that way about that little minstrel celebration moment. I get over it. Um, I accept that it happened and I can celebrate the movie beyond that. And um, 
And I do like this movie. And I told y'all, and so if 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 we didn't, if this isn't one of the movies that we watched all the time growing up, somehow over the course of my life, I got really acquainted with it. I don't remember when it happened. Um, and so I really enjoy this movie. I would watch it again. I would watch it again on purpose. You know, like I would, you know, sit down maybe one day and say, oh, I'm lacking Christmas spirit. And then this movie like puts me in a good mood. I, I didn't feel bored. My attention didn't wane. I was singing again, tried to tap dance, didn't pan out. Um, but this movie definitely gets my train. I find it very enjoyable. Sis? Well, I will tell you, um, I definitely give this movie my train. I enjoyed it the entire time. Um, And I will tell you, for me, it was an encouragement to, if you want something, do what you need to do to go after it. Not, you don't have to be illegal. You don't have to, you know, do awful things or harm anyone. Because when Judy sent that letter, she didn't know if it was going to get to them. These are big time producers. They're, they're, they're national attention. Like she didn't know, but it did. And it got mm. them to come to their show to just mm. see these two women that are just performing in a restaurant. So and I wasn't just. wasn't even mad when he found out. Wasn't even upset. He wasn't even upset because he was like. He gets it. Hey, you have to take your shot, baby. We're here now. You don't know what's going to happen. So though, <laughs> how often you guys, if you are having opportunities, just you don't know. Just, okay, let's just try. Let's just see. So that was something that really resonated with me about, you know, just having the, the audacity sometimes to just try. Just try it. You don't know if it works great, but if it doesn't, okay, at least you try. So anyway, I, I did do it. I did enjoy it. And it definitely gets my train. <sighs> Y'all, well, there you have it. White Christmas is a classic from the right perspective. Thank you for joining us, everybody. And this movie is posting. Um, I'm sorry, this podcast is posting mm-hmm. on Christmas Day of 2021. And so happy holidays, everybody. And thank you. Tune in next time for The Right Perspective. Bye. Bye. Bye.